Seeking the night of Qadr and emancipation from the fire of Jahannam, the voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Very good evening to you. Welcome to this edition of our evening slot of uh, questions and answers. Alhamdulillah, in this beautiful month of Ramadan, hopefully, inshallah, all is well. And it's been a couple of weeks now, halfway through, I think it is, alhamdulillah. So shukran so much for joining us in our new time slot of questions and answers. Please do SMS us on 47913, 47913. You may also fax or email and you can get those details at reception on 021-423-500 or just chat to Zarina. I'm Khawa Solomon and I'll be with you for the next hour or so. And of course, joining me in studio answering your questions diligently is Sheikh Ibrahim and Sheikh is the resident Imam at the Yusufiya Masjid out in Weinberg in Cape Town. For all those audio streaming, uh, we were having some issues, but Alhamdulillah, it's all sorted. Please do let us know if you're still having um, uh, problems via audio stream. So you click on Listen Live on our website, which is vocfm.co. VOCFM.co.za Click on Listen Live and you can choose the media player which works best uh, for the device you are using and you can listen to us 24-7 Download any of our shows as well on iono.fm and this being one of the questions and answers with Sheikh Ibrahim was and you can check whether your question has been answered but let's welcome our guest back Assalamu alaikum to you Sheikh Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and to all our listeners of the Voice of the Cape Alhamdulillah Sheikh I'm going to get right to it we've got quite a few SMS's and um, we do say a big shukran to those that has been patient and sent us questions um, weeks ahead of time so sometimes we get it now but unfortunately we cannot deal with it at that moment but we are I have to note um, to all our listeners that we will be dealing with our Ramadan questions we've received recently and we're going to deal with that first so if you have sent a question please be patient we will deal with it if you send it again we're going to, just going to brief through the squeeze through the answer for you and give you a detailed one the first time around but we will just squeeze through it again um, later on if it does come up but Firstly, as, as I mentioned, we're going to be dealing with our Ramadan questions. And the first one, alhamdulillah, that we've received so far is that of my son. Assalamu alaikum, Sheikh. My son will be going to Germany for two weeks in the month of Ramadan. As an exchange student, student how does he make with the fast? What does he do about the fast as he fears the hours of plus minus 18, 18 hours? It's, it's quite long and it will be hard. Please advise, Sheikh. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa barik wa sallim. This is of course uh, a, a predicament that uh, many, many people are facing that are living in those countries where the days are extremely long and the nights are extremely short. Um, of course we know that the definition of fasting is that a person must abstain from food uh, from dawn until, until sunset. And as long as there is uh, a clear indication of day and night, as long as there is a clear indication of when day starts and when night, uh, when the night starts, of course a person will have to fast during the day. 
um, even if it is long hours such as what is mentioned here. Um, however, if there are places where, for example, there isn't a clear distinction between day and night, you get places like uh, at the Antarctica, etc., where they don't have sunrise and sunset for a good couple of months, I believe. So if it is like that, then obviously there they will have to estimate the nearest country that have normal times, normal sunrises and normal sunsets, um, and then follow follow those particular schedules. But for any country that has a day and a night, then the fasting day will have to be endured uh, for, for that day. Um, of course, what we can say here is that if a person is fasting under those conditions and it is really, really difficult where the person cannot or it's going to harm the person's uh, health or it's going to cause uh, major issues for him or for her, um, then of course there are some ulama in the Hanafi and in the Maliki school of thought that have gone uh, to, the, to the extent to say that if fasting is going to tire you out so much that, is, that it is going to affect you, then of course you can. You can break your fast and then pay in those days on another uh, occasion when it is easier for you to do so okay but this is only under extreme circumstances when a person is absolutely sure that if he's going to fast for those long hours it's going to affect his health it's going to affect his mental capacity or his physical capacity in a very bad way uh, and and perhaps even if the doctors would advise you know for him not to fast in such a case there are some of the ulama of the shafi'iyah oh, sorry the maliki and hanafiyah that say that he may not fast and pay in his fast at a later stage but if it is long days but it will just be difficult but it won't really affect him in in a, in a big way mm. then he must attempt to fast he must attempt to fast for those hours um, even if it is very long and there's many many countries uh, that, that that have to go through these periods of long fasting mm. some of them up to 20 hours i believe yes. which is quite quite hard um, but inshallah you know their, their ajar of course is much more greater their mm. reward is much more greater than anyone else that is going to fast under more normal circumstances so we encourage them inshallah to to remain strong and to fast in those uh, circumstances as much as they can and mm. as, as as best as they can um, and like i said as long as there is a clear day and night then fasting will have to be endured in that way unless of course it becomes extremely extremely difficult then in such a case a person may then break his fast and fast other days um, uh, pay in the days later on Inshallah. And maybe those audio streaming um, at the moment, uh, listening to us in the UK or in Germany, in fact, uh, somewhere in Australia as well. Um, I know that the, one of the long hours include places like Iceland, almost 24 hours. So uh, find out by your friends and family, Facebook, and you can also SMS us on 47913 and tell us what your experience is like with regards yeah, to Yeah, and just, just one point that I want to add also is that uh, anybody who is in the circumstances as well, they should always consult the local ulama as well. You know, they they will also be able to give a, a fatwa that is more in tune with that situation yeah. as is, uh, because we we can't I, I can't imagine what it is to fast for twenty hours because mm. I've never obviously experienced it. We don't experience it in this part of the world, so it is always very advisable as well for those people to consult their own local ulama mm. and whatever fatwa they give. You know, uh, on this issue, they okay. should uh, try to to follow those fatwa, inshallah. Inshallah, and if your son is going to decide to fast, lots more baraka and reward for him um, in the longer days inshallah we'll continue with uh, more of your questions after the short break <laughs> seeking the night of Qadr and emancipation from the fire of Jahannam the voice of the Cape 91.3 FM <laughs> 
Assalamualaikum. Welcome back and shukran for joining us in this edition of Questions and Answers with me, Sheikh Ibrahim Moos, answering your question. So, Sheikh, the next one is Assalamualaikum, Sheikh. Um, I attend Jumu'ah in District 6 Mosque. My understanding, they are fasting a day earlier than the rest. The Imam states that they are moving with technology. Is this correct? Please elaborate. Yeah, in terms of, uh, you know, um, uh, people fast that have fasted one day before the rest of the country, uh, and I believe there's maybe only two masajid in the whole of Cape Town, and in fact, perhaps in the whole of South Africa, that have fasted um, two days, uh, or one day rather, ahead of, 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 of other people. Of course, in terms of technology and, and following and, and, and trying to update ourselves in, to be in tune with technology, Islam is not against technology. Mm. Islam is obviously for advancement, for progress, for, for scientific advancement, etc. Islam does not ban us from going those routes. Um, uh, however, I, I do believe, and this is my personal view, that uh, in this issue, uh, we, we should be tactful in how we are going to address this thing and how we are going to go forward in terms of forging these kinds of understandings. And in this particular case, I mean, I do believe if it is one or two masajid, you know, uh, two masjids only mm. that, are do- that are doing this in the whole of South Africa, I do believe that this is creating unnecessary, uh, you know, tension or unnecessary misunderstanding as far as this ibadah is concerned. We know we already have uh, quite a bit of contention when it comes to the Eid al-Adha issue. Uh, you know, Labarang uh, Haji and so on. But in this particular issue of Ramadan, we, there's fairly a, a big consensus as to when we start and when we end. And so I would say for the sake of unity, you know, for the sake of at least trying to, 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 to be unified on the Ramadan, we should, we should try to, to, to obviously go with what everyone else is doing. Uh, however, I mean, I'm not going to say that their fasting is batil or wrong or haram or stuff like that, you know. I, I'm not in a position to give those kinds of terms or to use those kinds of terms. But however, I, I, I would have rather wanted uh, us to be more tactful when it comes to these things, you know, and try to, 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 to do things. And yes, if we feel strongly about this, why, why not try and convince others as well or have a discussion around it, have debates around it, so that we can uh, sort of uh, get people on board to also maybe understand our point of view, etc., etc., you know, um, uh, I think that was a more important issue for me. But inshallah, whatever happens, uh, Allah knows best. You know, Allah Ta'ala is the one that accepts the fast at mm. the end of the day. It's not for us to say. So that is our dua that Allah Ta'ala accept the fast of all of our hours, inshallah, for this beautiful month. And Allah grants us khair and barakah until the end of the month, inshallah. Amen, inshallah. Salam, I just want to know if I can watch television in the month of Ramadan. <laughs> I think that we all grew up with, with knowing that TV is not allowed during Ramadan. But Sheikh, please elaborate. Yeah, of course. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, one would want to ask, you know, what, wh- why would reason, one yeah. want to watch TV in Ramadan? I mean, Ramadan is such a special time. Mm. Uh, it's a time where we get a very unique opportunity to grow and to spiritually develop ourselves. Mm. And we should try our utmost best to kind of uh, refrain from things that are going to distract us mm. from what we want to achieve in Ramadan. And certainly the television is a big distraction for our spirituality, for our uh, advancement, uh, internal advancement and development and so on. So I would strongly, strongly, strongly recommend that we do not watch television, right? In the month of Ramadan, we sacrifice. You know, our normal habits we should change. That is actually what Ramadan is about. Mm -hmm. It's changing those normal habits that you do every day. That's why even the habit of eating and drinking, which is a norm, is being changed in the month of Ramadan. Mm -hmm. 
is to make us more conscious of who we are, our identity, etc. So it's important, I think, that we prioritize in the month of Ramadan and we maximize benefit and we try our utmost best to spend our time, you know, in things that will really stand in good stead for us on the Day of Judgment. And amongst those things, obviously, is to recite Quran much more often, to be in dhikr much more often, to reflect much more often, you know, to, 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 to show kindness and give sadaqah to others much more often. These are the things that we should be occupying ourselves with. Um, because if, we, if, we, if we're just going to go on normally with our lives, you know, watching TV and all those things, then it's as if we're just refraining from food mm. and drink. And remember the Prophet sallallahu he mentioned in certain ahadith, The Prophet sallallahu says in this hadith that perhaps a fasting person will not gain anything from his fasting except that he stays away from food and drink. Hmm. And this is not what we want. It's not just staying away from food and drink. We want to actually practice how to fast with our eyes as well, mm. not looking at things that is haram. We want to f- train ourselves how to fast with our ears as well. We don't want to listen to things that is haram. We want to train our tongues not to speak haram. You know, those are all part of our development in Ramadan where we, 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 we don't settle for just staying away from the basic food and drink and those things, mm. but we want to also uh, go a, a level beyond that where we train ourselves to fast in many other ways, refraining from all sorts of wrong around us, etc. Mm. And I do believe that television is one of those big, big distractions in the month of Ramadan that can really spoil and upset our uh, purpose for, for, for this month. So inshallah, we hope that our brothers and sisters will be strong not to engage and not to watch things in Ramadan that is not beneficial to it. If you want to put on ITV, you want to put on the haram, do that. You know, that, that may help you. Mm. But I'm talking about normal films and movies and television and stuff like that I don't think that that should be uh, you know in our minds or be, be encouraged in, in any way whatsoever. Okay so beneficial if you're going to be watching television Absolutely. inshallah yes. right, Let's take a break and when we come back more of your Ramadan questions on questions Seeking the night of Qadr and emancipation from the fire of Jahannam the voice of the Cape 91.3 FM Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Very good evening. Welcome to our new time slot in the holy month of Ramadan. With me answering your questions is uh, Sheikh Ibrahim Wurst. Sheikh is uh, at uh, the Yusufiya Masjid out in Weinberg, inshallah. Please. Um, we say a big shukran to you for your patience during the time we've 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 received you from the time you've sent um, your SMS to when we are answering. We do have it; it's all here compiled. But as I've mentioned, Ellen, we're dealing with the, the Ramadan question because of context and and the time of of um, the time we're in as well. So, inshallah, please uh, send your SMSs on four seven nine one three, also via Facebook, and um, our office email or fax. So the next one reads: Assalamualaikum. I want to know if in the month of Ramadan a, a woman is that is breastfeeding a baby of five months should she fast or not Sheikh? yeah this question of course depends on what the condition of 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 the woman is going to be if she fasts mm. and whether she will still be able to feed her baby if she is fasting and obviously uh, medically this must be checked first mm-hmm. um, if the fasting is going to affect the milk that she is supposed to produce to feed the baby then obviously she's not required to fast mm. you know she's exempted from fasting and uh, she can uh, you know with a clear conscience feed her baby and not fast during the day of Ramadan and then 
obviously what will then be required for her will be that she will have to repay those days later on mm. and she will also have to pay a fidya for each day that she did not fast and the fidya of course is a minimal of 15 rand per day that she has to give for the month of ramadan so um uh, what i want to say here is that um she has to assess and see you know um, can she still produce milk is she still okay to 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 fast and feed the baby you know and that is her call and that's the doctor's call as well you know to be able to tell her that mm. and she shouldn't do anything to uh, to jeopardize the baby's health or to put the baby's uh, uh, life at stake or to be harsh uh, on herself you know mm. sometimes women they know they're weak for example they know they can do it but they're going to be extremely weak they may you know uh, fall over or they may go unconscious you know because of weakness mm. but they feel they want to they want to push themselves mm. uh, this is not required in islam we should not go to those ex uh, extents or to those limits Arm your body, yeah. yes we we should obviously uh, um, uh, uh, know how to, to 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 treat our bodies as well mm. and to to do what is in the best interest of ourselves and Allah Ta'ala has given that leeway mm. for a woman who is in that particular state so such a woman she is not compelled to fast if it is going to affect her feeding the baby who is dependent on that milk of course let's say the the, the baby um, uh, at that particular time uh, the mother decided well so she wants to take the baby off off of the breast mm. for example you know maybe the baby's not five months but a year in five months mm. then in that case if the baby's off the breast no problem then she goes back to normal and she can fast but here we are talking in the context if the baby is actually in need and dependent on that milk mm. it would obviously not be advisable for her if it's going to affect her she should not fast she should rather just pay those days in and give a fidya for each day that she missed Assalamu alaikum. I have a question with regards to my job. It requires a lot of traveling, and by that I mean I sleep out a lot. What do I do in the month of Ramadan? <clears throat> yeah, in terms of traveling, obviously, if it is traveling, that would allow you to to take the dispensations of shortening the salah, etc. In other words, if it is a journey that is 81 kilometers or more that you mm -hmm. are traveling in the month of Ramadan, then it means that you can be exempted from fasting. Because we know travelers are also exempted. In the Quran, it is stated quite clearly in Surah Al-Baqarah, verse 184, If a person is sick or on travel, then he may fast days uh, in after the month of Ramadan to pay in for the days that is missed. So if your traveling is to that extent where it is beyond 81 kilometers and uh, it's going to go throughout the month of Ramadan, you are exempted of fasting. Okay, but let's say you want to fast, then you can also fast if, it, if it's not hard on you, if it's not difficult on you, you can fast in uh, the month as well. Um, and I'm not sure if maybe your question also relates to now how do you deal with if you are traveling and sleeping out with suhoor and iftar and it may become tricky and so on. And I think that uh, all, all that I can say here is that you need to organize yourself and you need to plan it. And you need to obviously make sure that if you're going to travel, let's say uh, from here to Worcester or from, to Wellington or whatever, and you're going to sleep over there, and maybe there's not people that you know that can assist you, then obviously you try then to take with you some food for suhoor, for iftar and stuff like that. And this can only come about if you if you plan your your your, your day well. And and over and beyond that, uh, the, the the final advice that I will give to you is even if you are traveling a lot and if you are quite busy in Ramadan, try still to be conscious of the month itself. Mm. Okay. So that doesn't stop you from, let's say, while you're on the plane or while, while you're on the bus and you're not doing anything, try to recite Quran, try to make dhikr, try to be in a state of ibadah as best as you can. <coughs> Excuse me. So even if the, the, the fasting is a problem, 
There's many other avenues of doing good during this month. We make dua that Allah makes it easy for you, inshallah. Amen, inshallah. Okay, I think for now we've just got a minute or so left. So let's take a short break. And when we come back, we will answer more of your Ramadan questions. Stay with us. Listen up, Skapstad. Now, if you're looking for a one-stop chop shop, the Lamborghini of all meat markets, the Bifana Bifana of butchers, make no mistake. For the best quality and the best price in Grassy Park, Steenberg, Blue Downs and Athlone, there's only one place where you'll get the perfect meaty steak. Busy Corner Meat Hyper Stores. So don't be a chop man. Make a bull run down to Busy Corner Meat Hyper Stores. Where people meet. Escape the winter chill with legend tours. Visit the warm and glamorous city of Dubai. Behold the tallest skyscraper on the planet. Be enchanted by the world's largest dancing fountains. Book your Dubai seven-night package with legend tours from as little as 12,990 Rand per person sharing. This rate includes flights, taxes, Dubai airport transfers, visas, and four-star accommodation with breakfast and is valid for travel until 30th September 2015. Terms and conditions apply. Visit our website legendtours.co.za or call 021-704-9140. Legend Tours, your preferred travel management company. Life is competitive, and as I grow older, I realize how important it is to make use of opportunities when you can. I hear that False Bay TVET College is now open for semester two registration. I think I should tell my niece to apply. All she needs to do is visit falsebaycollege.co.za. So many courses and opportunities. She'll be equipped to succeed. Perhaps then she too will be able to say, False Bay College, my dream, my college. Isn't it odd how we sometimes miss the obvious? Like the fact that the world's most innovative bank is also Sharia compliant, which means you can manage all your personal and business accounts online in one profile with SA's best online banking platform. And you earn e-bucks. Innovative and rewarding banking that's also Sharia compliant. Why wouldn't you choose this? After all, it just makes sense. Search FNB Islamic Banking. FNB, how can we help you? First National Bank is a division of First Rand Bank Limited, an authorized financial services and credit provider. Terms, conditions, and rules apply. Oh, ho! Breakfast cereal. The breakfast cereal that has taken the world by storm is finally in SA with amazing flavors and variants like flakes with cinnamon, mmm, cocoa crunch, yummy, and lots more. Imported by the Flambeau's Group. Join the Voice of the Cape at Checkers, Kenilworth Centre, corner of Doncaster and Chester Roads, this Saturday, the 11th of July, for a live broadcast between 10am and 11am. Come and experience a world of lower prices that you can trust always at Checkers. That is the Voice of the Cape this Saturday, 11th of July, for a live broadcast from Checkers, Kenilworth Centre, between 10am and 11am. See you there. Je luistert naar de stem van de Kaap op 91.3 en 95.8 FM Stereo. 
Welcome back. Assalamu alaikum. Our last few segments of the show and uh, we do uh, thank you once again for your patience as we get through our Ramadan questions. With me answering it is uh, Sheikh Ibrahim Mouas. So Sheikh, the next one reads, how should we address the waste of iftar at the masajids? Is it not always, um, as it is not always given to the poor and needy? Yeah, I suppose this is an issue that must be taken up with the imam and the committee of the masjid, mm. since they are responsible for what happens at the masjid. And yes, whilst it is a good thing to, to have a spread at the time of iftar and to have you know something prepared for people that do come, um, we should not be wasteful. You know, wasting is, is a sin. We should try to, to obviously uh, appreciate uh, the favors of Allah Ta'ala. And so uh, nothing must be thrown away. I, mm. mean, I don't agree with whatever is left, you just throw it in the bin. Yeah. It should either be repackaged or you should put it in little boxes and put it out after Taraweeh Salah, for mm. example. I mean, there's many ways that we can think of Absolutely. how to actually deal with this thing. I know at the masjid where, where I am, normally so when, when things are left over, we give it to whoever comes around. You know, There's mm. sometimes people uh, that are hungry or ordinary people or even the security guards, whatever the case mm. may be, we give it to them because we don't obviously want to waste. Uh, um, so that is something that uh, it's quite a serious thing. I agree. I mean, we should never sort of uh, look at, at, at it as a small thing Mm-mm. because we should not disregard the favors of Allah Ta'ala. And uh, I think if the masjid committee and the imam uh, work out some kind of strategy, how to deal with whatever is left over, it can easily be repackaged. It can easily be put in maybe other containers and be distributed to people who actually need them or actually want to, 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 to eat from it. Or it can be, like I said, placed out by the masjid after Taraweeh Salah, mm. for example, where the Muslims who come for Taraweeh, they can also enjoy some snacks in between or afterwards, mm. whatever the case may be, as long as it does not go, as long as it does, does not go for waste. I remember when I was in Syria, I mean, just to give an idea, uh, I remember when I was a student there, one of our teachers said that um, they, they, they came up with this campaign where they would actually go around the hotels and they would go around all the restaurants. Mm. And there's so many food that is wasted. You know, and they would actually collect f- leftover foods that are still good to eat and stuff like that, and they would repackage them. And that operation has expanded to such an extent that they w- would have every day maybe three trucks on the road sure. that would just collect food and, and take it to a place where they mm-hmm. can repackage. And imagine how many people are, b- are being Puts fed, eat, yeah. you know, are being fed with that food. So it's very important, and, and I, I appreciate this point yes. that this questioner is bringing up. And I hope, inshallah, if there are some committee members and some imams that are aware of this issue or that mm. are listening to me, please do take care of it and not, uh, uh, you know, um, allow anything to be thrown into go the bin or to be, yeah. go for waste. Uh, rather make use of it in one way or the other so that we can uh, appreciate the favors of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's interesting though, Sheikh, because just this morning, uh, my husband and I were talking about the fact that, you know, when you fast, you realize how much people are, are, don't have with, with the thoughts of that and how many people around the world die because of hunger because there is no food and uh, a lot would mention about the balance of life and stuff but at the end of the day Allah gives that to us as a responsibility so inshallah shukran for this don't be afraid to ask or say something or speak out to the committee and stand up because you could be the reason for many uh, people that needs to be fed inshallah shukran sheikh okay so the next one is assalamu alaikum is it permissible for a pregnant woman to fast in her third trimester yeah this is uh, again something which obviously consultation of an upright muslim doctor is needed Mm. Um, the doctor is the best person to obviously advise uh, as to what the condition of the mother is and what the condition of the baby is and uh, whatever the doctor says that advice must be t- must be taken mm-hmm. right but here just to quickly around around off you know what would be the 
different rulings if the answer is yes or no etc mm. obviously if the doctor is saying that look um, you uh, can fast mm. there's no problem there will be no harm for you there will no be harm for the baby nothing like that there's no problem for you to fast in this stage of your pregnancy then in such a case no problem you can continue to fast and you don't have to uh, worry about anything but let's say the doctor says you cannot fast mm. Then you should inquire by him what is the reason that you're saying I can't fast. If he says, look, you can't fast because assessing your, your own health, I can see that your health won't allow it. Mm. Your health as the mother, you, you know, your sugar levels is going to be up, your, uh, your, your, your blood is going to be up and so on. You're going to, you know, there's going to be issues. Mm. So it's best for you not to fast. Then in such a case, uh, all you need to do is then obviously again, you follow his advice, you won't be fasting. And then in such a case, all you need to do is to pay in those days mm. after the month of Ramadan and no fidya is needed at all. If, uh, on the other hand, the doctor says to you, the reason why I don't want you to fast is because whilst your health is okay and it's going to be okay, but I fear for the health of your baby. Mm. I fear that the fetus that is growing won't be able to grow properly, etc., or be able to feed properly. So it is best for you not to fast. Now, if a woman is not going to fast because of the fear of her baby, mm. then in such a case, the ruling would now be that she will have to obviously listen to the doctor once again, not fast. And then also she need to pay in those days as well as pay a fidya for each day that she has missed. So that is the difference between someone who, who fears only their own lives because that is like almost like being sick. Like mm. somebody who is sick. And somebody who is sick, he just has to pay in. doesn't have to give a fidya. But if it is on account of someone else, in this case on account of the baby, then you have to pay in those days as well as give a fidya for each day that you were unable to fast. But all of this depends on the advice that the doctor gives. And it must be an upright Muslim doctor. Mm. We insist that it must be a Muslim doctor because they obviously are more sensitive to towards Ramadan. They know how much it means to us. They know how valuable it is. So those are the doctors that we should consult in this particular matter. Inshallah. With that, let's take a short break and come back with your SMSs after this. Stay with My radio station. Your radio station. Assalamu alaikum. Welcome back. Uh, this is Question and Answers. I'm Khawa Solomon, and we have your SMSs on 47913. Some is being sent via email and fax and on our Facebook page platform. So lots of ways to get hold of us. Sheikh, the next one reads Is, is it permissible to take tablets so that you can fast the entire month of Ramadan? Yeah, in terms of uh, a woman that wants to take tablets in order to avert the, the menstrual cycle, uh, obviously, technically speaking, if she were to take those tablets mm. and the tablets w is going to take away the period for that month and she's going to fast, then of course the fast would be acceptable. The fast would be correct. There's nothing wrong with her fasting. However, the question that I want to ask is, is that the most suitable thing to do? Because as a woman who, who, who normally experience uh, this menstrual cycle, it is actually an indication that you are a healthy woman. And the fact that you are going to take tablets to keep it away, it's going against your nature. It's going against the nature of your body. Okay, mm -hmm. So it's not a suitable thing for you to take the tablets. And I think uh, maybe women, they feel, women, they feel like um, left out or they feel a bit sad that they're missing some days and they can't mm -hmm. go to masjid, they can't fast and they see everyone around them fasting, etc. My advice to them is just remember that when you are not fasting because of being in a state of menses, you are still in a state of ibadah because you are still abiding by the laws of Allah Ta'ala. It is Allah that created you in this way. It is Allah Ta'ala that says you, you mustn't fast. 
So if you are doing that, you are still doing what he wants you to do. Mm. So you're not missing out at all, right? And then also, nothing stops you from doing other acts of, of ibadah while you are in that state. Mm. You can still read, uh, you know, translation of the Quran. You can still, for example, listen to lectures. You can make dhikr. You can make whatever dhikr you want to make. And be in other states of ibadah and not worry so much about the fact that you are not fasting. So again, just to repeat, it would be permissible for her to do this. It's, it's not wrong. I mean, fasting won't be affected as such, mm. but it's not advisable because we, we wouldn't like her to put her health in, in jeopardy or to, to you know, do something to her body that she's going to regret afterwards. And we know, especially in young girls, younger girls, the hormones can be completely affected mm. once you take tablets and stuff like that. And that is not something which we should encourage at all uh, amongst our young uh, and amongst our women in general. So uh, that is the advice that we give, inshallah. Don't take the tablets. If it's a few days that you are going to be out, mm. no problem. That is how Allah wanted it for you. And you are still in a state of worship while not fasting because of following that particular law which Allah has instituted. Let the body flow naturally, inshallah. That's correct, yes. What happens naturally must happen. Sometimes I wake up late for for suhoor, Sheikh, but I am in a state of janaba. Can I eat suhoor, then ghusl? Afterwards, if I am late. Yes, absolutely. Uh, The issue of uh, being in a state of purity, being clean and fasting the day of Ramadan are not necessarily related. The two are not related. You have to fast from dawn until sunset, from Mm -hmm. Fajr until Maghrib. Okay, and the conditions is you must abstain from food, drink and intimacy. And you must have a niyyah prior Mm -hmm. to the dawn of Fajr. Right, you must have a niyyah, and those are the integrals of fasting. The integrals of fasting does not include that you must be pure, you must be in a state of purity. Okay, so let's say you are not in a state of purity, but it's close to the adhan of fajr, and uh, you won't have time to wash you and to eat. Hmm. So, what must you do? You eat, you, you have your suhoor, even if you are going to delay your, 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 your ghusl till after the adhan of fajr. Okay, absolutely nothing wrong with that. However, if you are able to. If you are able to wash before the Adhan of Fajr, then that is optimal. That mm. is obviously the best scenario that you can create for yourself. So in other words, try to wake up a little bit earlier uh, if you can. And then you, you eat and you also wash yourself before the Adhan of Fajr comes in. But again, just to repeat, if that did not happen, but you happened to eat and then the Adhan went off mm. and you still didn't wash yourself from Janaba, then in such a case, you continue fasting. Your fasting will be 100% correct. All that is now needed is for you to take a ghusl. Obviously, if you are going to make your fajr salah, mm. you must be pure for that purpose. You need the ghusl, obviously, to be intact. So that is the advice uh, that we give in, in, in that particular question. Okay. The next one, Sheikh, is the fast valid if I did not eat suhoor um, due to getting up late? Yes, absolutely. Once again, your, your fast would be absolutely correct if you fasted without taking any suhoor in the morning. Mm. Uh, because again, I want to repeat, the integrals of fasting is you must have a niyyah before fajr and you must abstain from those things which nullify the fast. Mm. That is the, the integrals. Um, so for you to take suhoor in the morning is not a compulsory act. However, it is sunnah. It is a great sunnah, it is a great recommendation that was given to us by our Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. In fact, there's a hadith that states, تَسَحَّرُوا فَإِنَّ فِي السُّحُورِ بَرَكَةِ Try to have your suhoor in the morning because in there lies a lot of blessings of Allah ta'ala. Hmm. Allah will place blessings in the food that you eat in the morning uh, in order to keep you strong during the day, in order to make you conscious during the day. Because you want to be strong so that you can worship Him. 
and not be in a state of laziness or tiredness. So it is a great sunnah, although not an obligation, it's a great sunnah to have suhoor in the morning if you are able to do so. So we should not skip the suhoor intentionally. We should try to get up. And I know people sometimes they skip it because they don't want to get up that extra few few minutes earlier. They want Mm. to get up at fajr time. So what people normally, I know in the Middle East they do this and it's quite a bad habit. Sometimes they would have a very late supper. Mm. Like have supper one o'clock in the morning. They'll eat their full and they'll go sleep. Because the intention now is to sleep right until the Adhan of Fajr. They only wake up with the Adhan of Fajr. Mm. Now that is not the Sunnah. The Sunnah is to eat prior to the Adhan of Fajr. Mm. Something, even if it is a date, even if it is a glass of water, even if it is a cup of tea. That is the sunnah which the Prophet ﷺ has recommended. I just want to mention another point, although it is not answered here, uh, or asked here, but I think it is relevant. We see on our calendar sometimes it says they stop eating 15 minutes before the time. Hmm. Right Now I think this brings sometimes a bit of, of worry to, 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 to people When they wake up a bit late hmm. So somebody wakes up 15 minutes before the adhan has gone off So now he thinks he cannot eat Can't anything okay. Because that is what the calendar says Of course that 15 minutes before the time to stop Is again it's a precautionary measure hmm. It is basically to stop you from not eating while the adhan goes off Right So it's only a precaution But if you wake up 15 minutes before Fajr and you are 100% sure that there's still 15 minutes left before Mm. Fajr, then you still have suhoor. Try to eat something in that time. Again, even if it is a banana or if it's a few dates or even if it is some milk or some tea, do something, eat something Mm. to gain that sunnah of having suhoor in the morning. So it it is not going to be haram for you to stop to to eat after uh, or to eat 15 minutes before Fajr. It's not haram. That which they put on the calendar is basically a a, a precautionary measure so that you don't eat right up until maybe when the adhan is going off already. Okay, that is why they put it there. But the the suhoor will obviously take preference here if you've woken up late. So even if it is something small that you eat, then rather eat something small because as I quoted the hadith, that is actually where the barakah lies.